0: governor a podcast that's a bigger failure than blade runner 2049 you know they were they presented you a good movie and you just you just don't
1: hello and welcome to another episode of hello governor the podcast i'm your host um abdullah and i'm joined hello. by my yeah and i'm joined by my ever lovely co-host tom And, um, how does it feel to, um, to record an episode without talking about DuckTales in the first 40 minutes?
0: Feels strange. (laughs) I'm not used to it. (laughs) (laughs) I want more DuckTales, goddammit. (laughs) I do too, it's
1: like, but the reason I'm mentioning DuckTales is because two of the cast members from that show have been announced for the newest TMNT show. Which is oh. rise of, rise of the New T- rise of the teenage ninja ninja turtles. Which lengthy title I know, but yeah, whatever. At least they bothered giving it a title instead of just like oh it's teenage ninja turtles again and again <laughs> and again. <laughs> like it's so hard to. I mean, if you Google like um, teenage Mutant ninja turtles, you'll get like results for the '80s cartoon, the 2012 cartoon, the 2003 cartoon. And the two thousand two thousand fourteen 2014 live action movie.
0: Yeah, it's just got to the point now when you, it's kind of like Transformers in that sense. Say, okay, which one are you talking about? Oh yeah. <laughs> you can't just say, oh, you remember that Transformer cartoon? Which one?
1: At least with tra- Hasbro, like, um, subtitles the new, the newer Transformers series, or it's like Transformers yeah. Anime, Transformers Prime, Transformers or Robots in Disguise, and yada yada. Yeah, Armada, Cybertron, Erjan, uh, Teenage <laughs> Mutant TMNT doesn't do that.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's it, it, I'm not gonna lie, it's a pain. But <laughs> well, to be fair, there's only been how many incarnation, like four TV shows max at the moment. This this will be the officially be the fifth one.
1: Yeah, and um, <laughs> it's got a lot of heads turning, and for good reason. I can understand some of the complaints, but at the same time, some of the complaints are stupid as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, they the reveal the cast, and the cast is not that bad, to be honest. It's actually quite a decent cast with very good with a very good voice cast.
1: Uh, I already love the fact that Ben Schwartz is voicing Leonardo. I'm like, yes, that is perfect casting right there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and I think I think he he's he's much better fit for the role than Seth Green was. I'm sorry. Yeah, and <laughs> I also just, I,
0: think, I just don't I think,
1: like I didn't like Seth, Seth Green as Leonardo.
0: I I think the thing as well was that um that I I like about this as well It's that everyone that's in the cast for this version of the show seem like they will fit the role quite well, and I think like you said with with Leonardo, it's like I find it quite funny that he voices uh, a character. That wears blue, and now he's voicing Leonardo, who's also wears blue.
1: Also, um, <laughs> technically, uh, Leonardo actually worked for Donatello in the latest Ducktales episode. I
0: know it's bizarre, <laughs> it's
1: so bizarre. Because uh, what was it? Jason was it? I can't remember the last dude's last name. Um, the guy who voices Mark Beeks is voicing Donatello, which again is another fantastic casting choice.
0: Yeah, oh, God, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, um, there's some interesting criticism which I thought. I'm just thinking to myself, why are some people complaining about this stuff? It's like one of them I noticed. Have you heard about the news about with April O'Neill?
1: I'm kind of. I'm. This one she,
0: I. She's going to be African American.
1: I know. Uh, Josh Bernier. That's the guy's name. Josh Bernier. Yeah and uh uh but back to the to the um to the april thing um i don't know how i feel about that personally because she, she's meant again if you if you're into the lore of TMNT he's always been irish american yeah and you know changing her to to be african
0: american is just oh boy <laughs> It's trying to be PC for the sake of being PC, but at the, same <laughs> time, at the same time, I'm like, well, i give them credit. They're doing something new. At least. So, I mean, I,
1: I'll I'll just wait and see how her character looks. And if yeah. I like it, I like it. And if I don't, I'm just going to have to live with it. Just like how I learned to live with, um, 2012 April for all those
0: years. <laughs> I hope hope to god they don't do what they do with every single female black character at the moment I notice in multiple different medias is that basically give her a black afro. Uh, Have you
1: noticed that? Yeah, we already we already we already, already talked about that when it came to Domino. That was terrible.
0: Yeah, I just hope hope they give her an interesting character design. Um I'm cuz they're going back to a 2D animation style, so it's going to be interesting.
1: I hope it's not it's not animated in Flash or anything like that. I I hope it's I hope the animation is fluid. I hope they use Toon Boom because Toon Boom is just fantastic for animating animating shows that are fluid.
0: Are those the people who did that? um, Was that special back a few months ago um, with the turtles inside the um, mechs and stuff like that for on the Teenage Mutant Turtle Facebook page?
1: I actually want to see if we'll animate a series of that because I like that premise a lot where it's like it's the future you have mutants and, and and humans living together yeah and and then you have the this new incarnation of the teenage ninja, ninja <laughs> turtles and they are what was it trained by mikey yes mikey mikey is splinter and they're all human yeah and i think that's such a fantastic concept i wish that was picked up for a series
0: yeah well the thing is that uh, i hope that animation style is for this TV show, if it is. I'd be happy with
1: that. You know what that short reminded me of?
0: Um, what what does uh,
1: it reminded me a lot of Transformers animated?
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that because it,
1: yeah. it had the same you know cartoony style to it. Only, yeah, only the animation is much more fluid because again, this is like ten years later than animation yeah. has gotten so much better since then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I, if the animation's like that, I'd be happy with with the show going forward. I just, it's, I think it's what's going to come down to is basically how they're going to animate it and how the designs are going to be.
1: Yeah, at the moment. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the designs are at least, I'm hoping they keep some of the some of the aesthetic choices with, that they did with um with the 2012 turtles, which is what I liked about the 2012 turtles was. They gave them individual body types. Yeah. and I like that a lot. I mean, I, I mean, you had like Leonardo, who was more standard because he was the leader, and then you had Raphael, who was like a bruiser. He had like half a you know bits and pieces of his shell were cracked, and mm-hmm. you had like Michelangelo, who was was more rounded and and yeah. fun loving. And he had then he had Donatello 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 who was um,
0: more more lanky.
1: Yeah, more lanky and skinny, and because he was he's a nerd. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's what I mean. It's interesting because on the official press release for Nickelodeon, they they do describe what's what's going to be what in the show. Like Rafi's going to become the leader of the group, and he's going to be the bulkiest one. He's going to be the biggest guy. You know. And, uh, Michelangelo apparently is not going to be changed largely. He's going to be, largely remain the same. Uh, Leonardo is described as the self proclaimed coolest brother. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and that's pretty much what's been said on the press video. Really. And Donnie's apparently is going to be not that changed much either from what, what, what we've seen before. But it sounds like Leonardo and Raph are going to have the biggest changes.
1: And that's where the biggest controversy lies with this. Yeah. And I understand people's complaints, but at the same time, I'm getting so sick and tired of the whole of the whole. Oh, Raph is too hot-headed, and he leaves the team, and then Leonardo's like, "Oh, you gotta be a team player," and yada yada yada. I've seen that done so many goddamn times in media now that it's just gotten so boring.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it literally is like Leonardo is literally taking a uh, like. The original Raft's cool but attitude with it, from 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 what what we can interpretate it with this franchise of this version of it.
1: I mean, he won't be he won't be hot headed. I I don't think that not they that will good. make him hot headed, but I would think that he would be he'd be more cocky and and more risk taking than the other turtles, which I think would yeah. create a lot of really good
0: conflict. Because
1: I'll be honest, one of my biggest complaints about Leonardo is that he does not have a personality outside of stoic leader.
0: No, and, and I think the thing with this, you can create a very cool character arc for him. For the first season, at least, you know? Yeah. Or you can carry on for many long, like, basically he starts off maybe, like you said, in the way he is, like, he's the cool self-complain, um, coolest brother, and basically he can be a bit, bit of a show-off, bit of a hothead sort of thing. Well, not a too much of a hothead, but basically show-off and a bit arrogant. And then as the season progresses, or however long they want to carry, carry this on for, they can slowly turn him into a self-created leader in that sense, you know?
1: And I, think, and I think that would be much more better to have him earn the spot of being leader than, than you know, have him yeah. be automatic leader.
0: Yeah, and the thing is that they also said that they're not all the same age. They're all going to be different ages as well. Well, they're all teenagers still, but they're saying Ralph is going to be the oldest.
1: Which I like because yeah. he's supposed to be the leader. Obviously, he's going to be the oldest.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that whole dynamic's going to work in that sense, you know?
1: Also, um, uh, we got to mention the biggest uh, biggest casting news. Uh, Rob Paulson is the uh, voice director for the series. So I think mean, that's
0: perfect. Yeah,
1: so congrats to him. I think that is just wonderful news.
0: Is this Rob Paulson first directing? Job. Yeah,
1: yeah, first, yeah. first time voice directing and I'm, um, I'm just so happy for the dude because he's been, he's been in the business for God, how many decades
0: now? <laughs> he's been around since like the early eighties. Yeah. Give or take, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, 40 years?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's, he's in his like sixties now. And, and again, I, I always like Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson is like one of, like my top five. If there was a, if there was a Mount Rushmore of voice actors, Rob Paulson is going to be on there, like hands down. Like my, that's my, yeah. That's that. That's how high I would rate him as yeah. a voice actor and, and an artist because he's done so much for the profession for, God knows how many years now.
0: Yeah, and he's casting, directing, wire, and di- director as characters as well. He's taking over from, um, oh god, what's her name? She retired earlier this year.
1: Andrea Romano.
0: Yeah, who did who was casting director for the for the current show that's on at the moment. So it's good I think it's in good hand with Rob Polson again, a guy who's been in the business for over forty years, like we said, and also he's been in two carnations of the Turtles already as well. So you've got someone behind the wheel who has voiced the Turtle and been in the Turtles for like twenty odd years, give or take. So he knows his way around or how the Turtles should be talking, acting and being who they are.
1: And I'm I'm just so happy from the footage they showed us that they're all recording together and not separately yeah. because I fucking hate that when when a voice actor records separately because that yeah. is bullshit. I'm sorry.
0: Like, I can understand in some cases why some people get recorded separately, but it's glad it's good to see that they're all together. They are recording stuff stuff together on this, and um, I mean I think the last turtle show they tried as much as they can to get them all together to record their lines as much as possible, and I think this one they're going to keep that formula true because i think with the whole relationship of all the brothers if you can have all the voice actors in the same room while they're working together you can get more of that chemistry going with them working off each other
1: and that's why i think you know going back to shows like beast wars the reason why oh. the the reason why the that the acting on that show was so great is because talk to any voice actor from that show they'll say they had a lot of fun because they were there with with their co-stars every day yeah and you know, I can I cannot imagine them giving the same performance as they gave if they were recorded. If they recorded their lines separately,
0: yeah. Because like um, when it comes to acting, just in general, it's like working off someone. Basically, it gives you a feel and emotion. And sometimes working off someone, basically, they can say something to you and it makes you feel a certain way. And it might bring out something in you that work even better. And I think this is why having Rob pulsant as the casting director where well, basically being the director for it for the voice actors as well he can get that of because he has that knowledge of being a turtle for being two turtles for that matter rough in the original show and the current the most current recent incarnation at the moment um as donatello you know
1: and i, I like that i think he should step step into a more mental role because like i said he he's getting older and when you get older you, you know uh, you get you get less roles which is yeah, which is sad but that's how the business works because yeah. you get older your voice changes and it gets more hoarse and you know people don't want you anymore which well, is I can true.
0: Imagine, I wouldn't be surprised if they use roll roles um Rob Paulson at some point in the show just doing a, maybe a one-off villain or something like that you know I
1: I would love to see that and I mean you know and they already announced uh, Splinter is going to be voiced by Eric ba- Baza, the guy who does uh, Tiger Claw.
0: Yeah, again another good voice actor, and it's going to be an interesting version of Splinter if he's voicing him. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. surreal.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I think that's the one I'm going to be more most curious about because um, uh, the current, the previous voice actor, uh, I cannot pronounce his name because he's Korean. Uh, he did such a fantastic job as Splinter. I think he he is like the definitive Splinter now because yeah. I honestly cannot picture anyone else in the role right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, he has such a demanding voice to him, and, and it, like I said, he did such a fantastic job voicing Splinter for for many years now, and it's going to be hard to match someone else in that role. But again, I'm, I'm just going to have to. We can just have to wait until some footage come out with them doing their lines. I'd say how
1: is. And they already announced that, um, they already announced that, uh, we're gonna see character designs before the year is over. So probably, probably towards the end of this month or at the start of next month.
0: I mean, it'd be kind of cool if it's like an early Christmas present sort of thing. They release them in December, say, "Oh, here's an early Christmas present. Here you go." And it give they show the character designs of the four turtles, you know? Because, be cool. uh,
1: because from what I hear, the show isn't set to air until like fall of 2018. So it's gonna be a while since we get another TMNT series off the
0: ground. Which, oh, oh good, yeah, it is it, gonna be a while. But at the same time, you know what? It'd be worth the wait and. I think it's kind of glad that the current show is actually getting a send off, and Nickelodeon are actually advertising Teenage in Ninja Turtles and saying, Look, final episode of this show. And I'm like, Okay, I'm, I'm happy. You, you know? Because it's, because, it, it.
1: because it's done so much for them. I mean, say what you'll about Nickelodeon, but when they got the Turtles license, they've actually treated the property with respect, unlike yeah. other people who get. Um, I like say, Disney with what they did with Doug, where they just, like...
0: Ooh, like, ouch, yeah. Just
1: uh, did not give a shit about that show.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they've, done a, they've done a good job. They respected the franchise, just not in cartoon form, but in other medium as well, with their video game licensing, with their um, comic book licensing, by far. You just have to look at the comic books. If you haven't read them, go and read them. They are fantastically done at the moment. Um... But they have paid a lot of respect to the franchise and had done a fantastic job with um, getting the Turtles back into the mainstream, I, I feel.
1: And Because I was worried, like, because, because TMNT, like for those that don't know, used to be the longest uh, running creator-owned series. But both creators, Peter Laird and, and Kevin Eastman, sold their rights to um Eastman sold his rights to Laird because he wanted to focus on family it matters and Laird just could not keep up um working on the com- could not keep up working on the comic by himself because again they're yin and yang you can't yeah. have one without the other so it kind of fell apart and he sold the rights to Nickelodeon in 2009
0: and to be fair, it's a good home. It's been a good home, home for them so far. And Nick Rodion has treated the franchise very, very respectfully and um, done good good jobs with it at the moment. Like, they haven't done much bad with it. it. It's been more good than bad, to be honest.
1: And, and and Kevin Eastman still to this day is writing TMNT in comic format, which is great.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there you go. That's, that's showing one sign of respect to the franchise by letting the original creators still write for it, you know.
1: And he, wrote, and he wrote the Lone Rad and Cubs episode of the 2012 series.
0: Yeah, he did, yeah. That was actually quite a good episode now, I remember about it, yeah.
1: And he's improved a lot as a writer. I mean, you read his early stuff, it's, nah. But but as, as I think as the years went on and he got older, he kind of realized that, oh yeah, my old style of writing was kind of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I think back then that style of writing did, Kind of work, but now basically, like sitting mature and basically he has changed with the times. That's why he's been such a good writer. I feel,
1: and he's he's probably one of the sweetest persons you will ever meet at a convention. I'll tell you that oh. right now.
0: Oh god, yeah, I've, I met him. I got I got my issue, um, my original teenage mutant Ninja turtle number two signed by him. So you know, nice, really nice guy.
1: And it's the original print, not the fucking re- yeah. re-print. <laughs> it was the
0: original print. Yeah, it was the original, and it's <laughs> it was going quite quite. He was like, I can't remember where I went, went up to, and actually actually um, showed him the issue. Went, "Oh my god, you got one of them?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "He's like, oh, how much did you get to pay on this?" And I basically just told him. He went, "Oh, that's not too bad then." <laughs> he said, "You want me to sign?" I went, "Yes, please."
1: And I, tr- I mean, trust me, the, those like original issues of TM- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles go for insane prices now because they are yeah. so rare.
0: Yeah, the, the the weird thing, you know, you own original one one of the original prints of those comic because though the dimensions for those comic are the most bizarre dimensions you will ever see, like they're bigger than a regular USA comic print, but smaller than a UK comic print. It's really really bizarre. The dimensions are very weird.
1: And and I, I remember like going to a comic convention uh, back in March. And I found some old issues, but then I'm like, ah, goddammit, it's not the original, it's the reprint, because it's yeah. smaller.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you ever see a weird-sized print version of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja the Turtle comic app, for a good price, grab it. That's all I'm going to say. That's that's pretty much why I did. I got issue number two.
1: Yeah, and it's a pretty cool cover, too, with the mouses. Uh,
0: yeah, with the mouses, basically reflecting, basically see the turtles in the reflection of it. Yeah, really cool issue really cool cover i mean it's not as iconic as the original first issue but you you know it's still a pretty cool cover
1: yeah and that's probably gonna oh god that's probably gonna go for a lot now if you decide to sell it because it's like original print signed by kevin eastman holy shit
0: (laughs) yeah like i said obviously i'm keeping a hold of that for, for for another probably few decades and then hopefully you know it goes up in value (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, it's gonna go up. It's probably up in value, right but now because again, like I said, there they didn't print a lot of them, and the reason oh. and the reason because they looked so weird is because Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird started their own um, their own comic book printing uh, press. Yeah, so that's why they look so weird.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they stand out, and I, I I can't I can't knock it. It's a very cool issue and very cool comics.
1: So I'm I'm you know. I understand the people's complaints with uh, the new series, but I'm, uh, but for the time being, I'm keeping an open mind until I see more of it, and then I can judge for myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's always been a cartoon and a show that's always adapted with the times and always has changed, you know, and most of the time it has worked out. Sometimes it hasn't. Next Mutation, for example, but we're not going to get into that. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to see see what we get. i think
1: i think the funniest thing about the entire series the entire franchise as a whole is when peter laird sold the rights to to nickelodeon in 2009 is like you can do whatever you do whatever you want with it but i swear to god if you make a female turtle in any new incarnation i'm gonna get the rights back
0: (laughs) yeah i i remember reading about that that was quite funny actually um but again they did have a tongue-in-cheek moment with the current show with um with um oh god who who was the space alien girl that Ralph had a relationship with
1: uh Mona Lisa
0: Yeah but that's their tongue-in-cheek
1: Yeah but she's not a turtle she's a reptilian
0: Yeah I know but at the same time I'm like well you know <laughs> that's the closest we're going to get to it you know
1: Yeah and I mean no female turtles and no ven- because You know, the next mutation was so terrible when they introduced a female turtle, Peter Laird just lost his shit and said, no more.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because that was trying to be, what was it, that was trying to be a sequel to the original films as well.
1: And it it sucked because they wrote April off of the show and replaced her with a fucking female turtle, and I'm like, (laughs)
0: ah! Didn't April appear in the pilot, though?
1: No, she didn't.
0: Oh, God, I haven't seen that show in years. I, I remember Fredo in was like two episodes of it or something.
1: Yeah, it was in, only in like two episodes and then he got written off and and, and, and was replaced by fucking dragon bullshit.
0: Oh, God, yeah. uh Saban, that's one thing one Project You Should Have Not Touched, sadly.
1: Uh, I think the funniest thing, I think the only good thing that came out of that show was Scott McNeil, and that was it.
0: Oh, God, him as the hunter. Yeah. <laughs> that was a brilliant episode. It was really, it was one of those episodes that you can watch and you're just like, you know what he's in and he's eating the scenery as much as possible and he's loving it.
1: I mean, he's the only actor who knows what type of show he's in and he's having the absolute fucking best time of his life. Everyone else just looks bored and and just like not having any fun, but he's like, I know guys. He's like the two year old kid, like who, who's like, who entered the mall on Christmas morning first, you know,
0: (laughs) he's pretty much was a kid in a candy shop.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But again, I'm going to keep optimistic about this new series and I'll give my, I'll, I'll talk about it more when we see more, um, when more news comes out of it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, going to keep optimistic. Speaking of optimism,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's coming.
1: Um, well, by the time we're recording this, like Sonic forces will already be out. I mean, I know it already leaked out early copies and whatnot, but i've avoid I've avoided spoilers, so you know and because it's um the day before the release,
0: the reviews are up. oh boy, um it it's interesting the reviews
1: because it's like it's like um it's like the daywalker it's like not quite bad, but not quite good,
0: and people pretty much are like they're pretty much like how can I gonna say basically people loved Sonic mania, Sonic forces come out, and people are like, um should we go back to the old criticism ways we do with Sonic? I don't know." <laughs> and it feels like okay this is the best way to describe it i think the reviews that gave it positive reactions have been fair on it but the ones have really given it bad views sound like they didn't really gave a shit
1: oh the polygon one is like my favorite review because he was just he literally complained about boss boss the boss battles like yeah, really
0: was, <laughs> criticizing the Pioneer it was repetitive boss fights and felt that it did not um advance the series design pie, and they also took issue with the ranking system.
1: Oh gee, and the- Polygon giving a game shit for ranking them poorly. Wow
0: <laughs> This is the whole point point with the ranking system in the game. You get good.
1: I know. Then again, these are the same guys that fucked up playing doom on easy so you know
0: he's <laughs> probably on the same company that had the issue with the Cuphead game
1: no that was someone else
0: okay fair enough uh but they, okay. but,
1: they, but they were in the same boat where they defended that bullshit where they're like oh no guys you know stop being mean to us okay oh fuck off
0: yeah.
1: if your job is to, to write about video games and play video games for a living then you better be fucking good at them i'm sorry
0: Yeah, I mean, what was it? Nintendo, Panny, Nintendo Life basically criticised, thinking that the preview version of the game um, lacked focus and direction.
1: Okay, that's just their that's just their opinion. That is not.
0: Yeah.
1: That is not that is not a fault with the game. That's your opinion.
0: Yeah, and also it also called the modern Sonic's gameplay dry and boring, and basically the Avatar stages were afterthought. The custom-made character, for for that matter.
1: Even though they play, like, classic Sonic levels.
0: Yeah. I I think this is the problem with it. Um, Sega, this, this is just my personal take on Sega and Sonic Team with this game. They are playing this really, really safe. And I don't blame them for the play. It's safe.
1: I mean you know i kind of i kind of think they knew with sonic forces that with with sonic forces that no matter what they did they're going to get shit on by everyone you're going to have you're going to get shit on by the fandom and you're going to get shit on by the critics so i mean, mean I, I i and again i've criticized the game as well i mean it's not like i'm just defending this because you know i i secretly want to you know i think it's great or anything i mean i'm going to play it i'm not going to lie because it looks interesting. It caught my eye. I want to see how far I can... What type of character I can make. You know? And I've, yeah. given, it, I've given it shit as well with, like, the story, Infinite... What was it? Some of the cutscenes being meh-looking.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm... I mean, I'm curious to see... There's one review out there I know every single Sonic fan is waiting for, Because they are the big, I would say they're, there's, there are Sonic Team and Sega's biggest criticisms, criticizers, is IGN.
1: Oh, they're gonna trash this game, I can already tell.
0: Well, again, what is it? Um, What is it? Um, Their most recent review that went up, I think like three days ago, they did the review on the Bugsy um, game, and they gave that a 4.5. So I swear to God, if it does more, if they give a, a lower score to this game than the Bubsy game, I'm literally, I'm going to flip my shit.
1: And the Bubsy game wasn't even that bad. Like, I've seen no. gameplay footage of it, and it's actually really decent.
0: What do you I mean? This is the same company that basically gave the other platformer that came out, like, on the same day, called um, Super Lucky Tales. You know, the Xbox exclusive game did, um, oh, they did. Um, the- Fox
1: Tail- Foxtail, or whatever the fuck they're calling it, I don't even know.
0: Yeah, they gave that a five. But surprisingly, they gave um, Super Mario Odyssey a ten, which is saying as a masterpiece. Which, okay, <laughs> I mean, it's it's Mario. It it, it it works, but I don't know. I I'm just uh, I'm
1: a ten is just like going way too far because it's a good game, but ten, I don't know.
0: That's that's pretty much what they're giving it.
1: Because again, uh, to me, like when you give something a ten. It's flawless. Like, literally, it runs perfectly. There's no bugs, nothing. And I know that's bullshit because I've seen glitches of, of, of uh, Mario Odyssey videos on YouTube, okay? so Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> what is it? The last... the Was it from IGN? I think the last Mario game they gave a 10 out of 10 was Super Mario Galaxy 2. Oh, from that my ho-
1: that That was horrible. That was a fucking cash grab of a sequel that that, that was just poorly put together, but again, IGN is like ten out of ten. It's Mario.
0: It's just one. Of, it's one of those things. A lot of the game companies don't want to upset Nintendo. That's that. That my honest opinion on it. But uh, getting back to Sonic, mean... um, yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. Is the whole Sonic Sonic cycle repeating itself a little bit? Sadly.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it's done because. Again, I I know it's stupid to complain about the Sonic fans now because it's been so many years now. It's been like 10 years since since fucking Sonic 6 and all that drama and all that shit, but I'm I'm really getting tired of the same shit all over over and over again where it's like I get it. You guys don't like modern Sonic. You guys want uh a new development team to work on the new the newest games, okay? You don't want 3D. 3D doesn't work, yada, yada, yada. But I've seen the other side of the fandom recently that actually likes the modern Sonic and actually likes the 3D games.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um you know, you're, you guys, you know, the purists are just ignoring that other side completely. Like, these games sell for a reason.
0: Yeah. Even, it's,
1: it's, again... You look at like I, I mean I'm gonna be brutally honest here. I think the only two objectively bad games I'm talking about objectively bad uh, modern Sonic games are Sonic O Six and Sonic Boom: Rise of Rise of, Rise of Lyric.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, because this is what I mean. It's like Sonic O Six was a complete disaster because of the fact that basically it didn't help that it was rushed out the gate because they wanted they wanted to meet Sonic's 15-year anniversary. Didn't help that, Eugene Naka um, left the company halfway through development of that thing, and then they decide to split up the departed teams to work one on Nintendo and one to work on the thing. It, that was a complete disaster, and everyone knows it. <laughs> you, you know, you just need to follow, just go back and look at the history of the development of that game. That game was a complete disaster from start to finish. Um, Sonic the Rise of Lyric... That's more Sega and Sonic Team messing around a uh, big red button. Unfortunately,
1: they pretty much again. This was the only time I think I, I'm gonna agree with people and say Sega, Sega and Sonic Team were in the wrong because they alienated the development team they hired to develop the game.
0: Because they didn't tell them, they didn't tell them about the exclusive deal they did with Nintendo at the time when they had the promise that three three original Sonic games for were console. And they managed to get out one of those deals by doing Sonic and Mario at the Olympics. I'll tell you, that deal fucked them over big time.
1: I know, and that's what pisses me off. It's like, because the, the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 didn't get a good send-off Sonic title. The oh. last Sonic title for the for those systems was Sonic Generations.
0: Yeah. And and that you'd... was it. <laughs> yeah. And that exclusive deal did hurt Sega in the wrong one, because... Because basically, if they could have released that Sonic Boom Riser Ry- lyric game onto um, onto um, use the original engine, they wanted to. Because when you saw the original gameplay footage, you saw the original stuff that leaked on Ryan, I think earlier last year, it looked like a very completely different game graphically and gameplay wise.
1: It looked like a, a demo for the for the PlayStation Four and Xbox One.
0: Yeah. That's not saying that's a bad thing because they were they were betas and test der- and if those were betas and just um, test reels and stuff of like that, imagine what they could have done with a full size game finishing completed on that original system.
1: I mean, for fuck's sake, they were using the Cry engine for God's sakes. Look at Crisis, okay, and, yeah. and look at and look at how fucking beautiful that game looked, even on like last gen consoles, it looked
0: great. Oh yeah, god yeah.
1: And and you're telling me. They couldn't. Ah,
0: the Wii U wasn't powerful enough. It couldn't yeah. handle handle the Cry Engine.
1: Yeah, because it was only like what seven twenty, like it, did, yeah, it, didn't that, full, yeah. it didn't go full. It didn't
0: go full ten eighty. Yeah, it can only manage two seventy, and apparently they said something about the processor wasn't powerful enough to process the graphics either.
1: Yep. So they couldn't use that. So, and Nintendo, sure as shit, wasn't gonna give any of their resources to them. So fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. That I mean was it? I think the Switch at the moment. I think they're saying that's on par to when the PlayStation 4 got released or something like that. They were saying when it first got released.
1: Yeah, but but at the same time, I looked at the file sizes between between Sonic Forces for the Switch and Sonic Forces for the PlayStation 4. Sonic Forces on the PlayStation 4 is much bigger. Yeah. So I'm guessing they cut a lot of content.
0: I've I've seen the graphic comparison between the Switch and the PlayStation 4 version.
1: Yeah, I can see the differences.
0: Yeah, they're massive. They really are massive. So still, even then, the Switch has incompatibility with some some of their games. And I know, I know a lot of Nintendo purists. I I, I know one, unfortunately. Um, he's a good friend of mine though. But um, he, he, his ideology with Nintendo is that Nintendo don't need anyone else, but they kind of do.
1: Well, I mean, they're a console maker, and console makers need third party support. I'm sorry, yeah. but most of the most of the most of the hardcore gaming gamers come from third party. Yeah. Like ex- exclusives are nice, but exclusives don't put food on the table. I'm sorry. Because if that was the case, then 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 Sony and Microsoft would have shat out tons of exclusives for the 360 and PS3. But they didn't because they knew not everyone was gonna get get that console. Yeah. Exclusives are that bonus shit. Like, okay, yeah. you you bought our console. Here's here's um here's a prize for you for buying our console yeah. that you can't get anywhere else.
0: Yeah way. I, mean, I think with Nintendo, I think their relationship with third-party developments is lacking a little bit. I think the only companies I can think off the top of my head that they are quite friendly with is Ubisoft and Sega to some degree.
1: I think Ubisoft, it. Ubisoft saved their asses when it came to the Switch.
0: Oh, God, yeah. But, I mean, look how well Mario and Raven Rabbits panned out.
1: Because they, you know, want to know why that you want to know why that game did so well. Because it's a third party game, it was yeah. developed by a third party company, and Miyamoto actually finally got off his ass and said, "You know what? I'm gonna let someone else develop a game based on our intellectual properties."
0: yeah and apparently what is it when um, was it when he went to visit Ubisoft with a couple of Nintendo executives, apparently they were really really shocked at how well their models were because I mean that when they first visit, they gave none of their assets to Ubisoft to begin with in the first place.
1: And Ubisoft doesn't even need that shit because Ubisoft can shit out all no really good looking games.
0: yeah, I mean Ubisoft, I would arguably say with their faults, they know how to turn out a good game <laughs> now and again. It's oh. Especially a good-looking game for that oh, matter.
1: Have you seen the newest Assassin's Creed? Holy shit, that game looks beautiful.
0: Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like they can make a pretty-looking game. It's probably the best thing I could say. It could look really, really pretty. It might be buggy, but it does look pretty.
1: Yeah, Watchdog Two, Watchdogs Two, not a great game, but damn it, it's it's pretty. <laughs>
0: I'll give it that. What, I mean? what was that Assassin's Creed game that had the really bad um, bugs in it when it first came out? Oh, Unity. I
1: it- actually played that one. It's horrible.
0: It me. It looks pretty, but my god, the bugs on it were horrendous. Even the patch, the patches did nothing. The patches
1: uh, they do nothing.
0: <laughs> but dude, I I I love the mode when basically there's nothing but their eyeball and their mouth and their teeth. Oh, that I mode saw, is amazing.
1: I saw that. That creeped me the fuck out. <laughs> no, um, my my version. I played it on the PS4 and. Um, I didn't run into a lot of graphical problems. I mean, I did see a couple NPCs like going through walls and shit, but nothing really game breaking until one mission where I had to go into a church, sneak into a church, kill a guy, and then leave. I go in, kill the guy, leave, and then I get stuck in the wall. (laughs) (laughs) It was at that point I turned off the game and never played it again.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of game-breaking bugs like that, um, I mean it's like going this time back to Sonic, but, um what I mean, when Sonic Mania first came out, that had a bunch of game-breaking bugs. Oh, and that was, like, what? You get stuck in, in walls with Knuckles and Sonic and Tails.
1: Oh, yeah, I saw. <laughs> the amount of
0: times I get stuck in the wall with Knuckles, oh my god.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I, I love. I love people called it, like... I love I love what people said about about it in the reviews like the game is great, but don't play as Knuckles because Knuckles fucking breaks the game.
0: <laughs> no, well the other one which really annoys me is Knuckles before they did the most recent patch, before they did the patch to turn into your super form. The one with Knuckles, every time you try to glide with him, he just turned into super if you've got all the chaos emeralds each time you trying to bloody glide.
1: Knuckles is just like that character who's going to break every game now. He broke he broke Sonic uh Sonic Boom and he broke Sonic Mania. Uh,
0: Knuckles is pretty much break he's I he's one of these breakout characters at the moment. He breaks the internet. It's my best for <laughs> him.
1: I love I love um I love, I I love, uh, what was it? The guy who, one of the showrunners who worked on, who works on Sonic Boom actually said that, that Sonic's glitch in, in Sonic, Sonic, uh, Boom the game is canon on the show.
0: That is amazing. I mean, that's, I love that Boom cartoon. That Boom cartoon's amazing.
1: I'm hope, I'm really hoping. I know it's not gonna happen, but I'm hoping to get renewed for a third season. Come on, Sega, please renew it for a third season.
0: we we'll are waiting, and see, but, um, but no, Sonic Forces. I think that until it gets fully released, which is That's essentially months, yeah. we're we're not gonna know.
1: <laughs> and I'm just gonna. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm. I actually. I'm actually gonna play it because, um, again, this is the first Sonic game game that came out that isn't exclusive to a fucking Nintendo console. Which thank fuck because I was getting tired of not being able to play, you know, modern Sonic games. On on not on anything except for the Nintendo console because I just hated that exclusive exclusivity deal that they did. I don't know why they did it. I know that they thought it was good for business, but it wasn't.
0: I mean, I, I can I can see in hindsight why they did it because at the time that when they were making their Sonic games, the most it sold on was Nintendo at the time. I can understand that, but. I think they learned from that now, not to do that again with any company.
1: Yeah, it's just so stupid because, like I said, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 owners wanted a good send-off game to to their console with Sonic, but we didn't get it. Yeah. And now it's like, this is the first, you know, new 3D Sonic game for, uh, for a console that isn't Nintendo exclusive, and... I actually want, I'm interested in playing it because I want to see what, what they, what they, um, what they did with it. And I, I'm I mean, I remember, I remember really liking Generations except for the fucking Egg Dragoon fight. That fight can go fuck itself. I fucking have, hated that boss.
0: Have you ever tried to beat that on hard mode? God, no. What am I, a masochist? I did. Oh my God. I got my ass kicked so many times on that boss fight.
1: I couldn't beat it on normal, dude. Like, no, I, I mean it's
0: <laughs> fair enough.
1: I mean, I beat it. I beat. I beat the game, but like, I, I had trouble beating it on normal, dude. I can't imagine trying that thing on fucking hard.
0: Oh, it's insane on hard. I mean, I, the only thing bad thing, the really bad, if if I have to nitpick with Sonic Generation, I think the the one thing I did not like about that game was the final boss. I thought the final boss was lacking.
1: Oh, you mean just hold down a button and just move in a straight line?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was one of those moments when I sat down, like, the Sonic 06 boss had had more dimensions than this.
1: And that boss was glitchy as fuck.
0: Yeah, the final boss in Sonic 06 was glitchy as fuck, but my God, that had more dimensions and more of a pattern. You have to learn to beat it than...
1: Yeah, because yeah. I remember beating that for the first time. I'm like that's it. All I did was hold a button and and move in a straight circle. Yeah, move straight, straight forward, and just like catch up to him, and then you'll just automatically hit him. Like don't even yeah. push anything. You'll just automatically hit him. It's impossible not to hit him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> if you run out of rings, that's pretty much how that fight goes.
1: But you'll never run out of rings because you. you it's just a straight circle. It's just a straight line. You have to go through, collect all the rings, and you, you're just done.
0: I I I have seen video footage of people running out of rings on that boss fight.
1: Well, you suck
0: then. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I man, I'm curious with for Sonic Forces with one other thing as well with the DLC um, episode Shadow.
1: Was that free or was
0: that? Um... It's going to be free downloadable content for the game for launch alongside the game. So if you pre-order the game. You get get the DLC for free.
1: That's
0: cool. And apparently, it's, the story acts as a as a prequel to it.
1: Professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. Sorry, that was um that was hilarious. He's talking midway through, and then just call. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and yeah, has to go, so thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.